they do say that bad things come in threes. So the 49ers just fumbled the ball. The Red Wings just sent all the Swedes but Elmer down to the AHL. And I just started to record the 15th episode of The Swedish Winger. My whole plan for this episode was to try to predict what the Red Wings were going to do for for tomorrow, Monday. But I guess that all went out the window just now. So first we uh, waved Austin Sarnik, Stephen Kampfer, Matt Luff, Giovanni Smith, Taro Hirose, and then Finnish goalkeeper Juho Olkinora. Out of that group, the only guy I really don't want us to lose is the Finnish goaler, naturally, Olkinora. He's a quality goaler. He's 31 years old. He has a lot of experience for the national team. And I think if we have any injuries to Ned or or Huso, he would cover that quite nicely. But since they've decided to put Sebastian Kosa in the AHL, there is a a possibility that there was just no room for Olkinora, or they didn't mind that he was uh, waived and possibly picked up. And if he isn't, uh, I guess they're running three goalies in in, uh, Grand Rapids. Aside those who were waived, we have Pontus Andreasson, Jonathan Berggren, Cross Hannes, Chase Pearson, Simon Edvinsson, Albert Johansson, Jared McIsaac, White Newpower, Donovan Sabrango, Emil Viro, and Victor Bratstrom put in the AHL to play for the Grand Rapid Griffins. For me, I reckon that this means that they're going for the uh, the championship in the AHL with the Grand Rapid Griffins because plenty of these guys are better than options in the Red Wings main team right now but I'm also guessing that you don't want any of these guys playing traditional fourth line minutes you can do what Las Vegas did the year they went to the final their first year in the NHL when they you couldn't say that really had any superstars when they played all the lines fairly evenly apart from the first one that played a little bit more if you do that you can you can have all the, the top quality players in the line but you don't want a guy like Jonathan Berggren or Elmer de Blom playing fourth line minutes in the traditional sense so that's where i might might agree with putting them in the griffins but if you intend to play classic fourth line traditionally how you use them and you put like Adam Ernie, Oskar Sundqvist and uh, and maybe have Pius Suter centering them for 10-12 minutes a game I think that's okay but that's no place for the the developing players another interesting part in in the current roster is what to do with Joe Valeno And I think the fact that he is on the roster still, I would think that that puts him as the third line center, which I also think means that Michael Rasmussen will be the third line winger eventually. 
and Kopp goes into the second line center position. So I do think that Lalonde will play the Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond line. I think that stays intact. I do think the second line will be Kopp and Verana. The easy pick for a winger there is David Perron. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see Michael Rasmussen there. And, and I'll explain why. Because Perron will get a lot of time. And he is a guy who will play power play minutes. But he's also a little bit older. So putting him on a third line, making the third line a bit of a threat. Like uh, if you put Perron, Valeno and uh, potentially then Zadina. That would be an interesting line. I think it's a very well balanced line. So if we make it Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, Resmussen, Kopp, Vrana, Peron, Valeno, Zadina as the third. And then you have Ernie, Sundqvist and Pia Suter. Well, Pia Suter as the center, as the fourth line. And that's fourth line classic. 10 to 12 minutes being hard as hell to play against. That, that will be a better lineup than we had last year and I think will be more competitive. I think that we won't see any blowouts, but it's not inspiring. It's not the the lineup I wanted to see. It's not the lineup I could be psyched over. It feels a bit like this is a year where we'll have the first year coach setting his uh, systems, setting up the the team for further success while we shelter the kids in the AHL and hope that the Griffins make a deep run and with that with that roster that the Griffins are being handed now when you demote pretty much everyone is a roster that should in all honesty win that championship and when they decided to drop Simone Edvinson and Albert Johansson down to the AHL as well we have a severely boring decor outside of Moritz either sure it's going to be interesting to see Ben Sherrod cross-check his way through 82 games with the Red Wings instead of being on the receiving end of that. But a decor of uh, Ben Charot, Moritz Seider, Hronek, Mata, Lindstrom, Hegg, Osterley and possibly Wallman when he comes back, that's uninspiring. It's horrible. Am I angry or disappointed? No, I'm just... It feels a bit deflated if you catch my drift on that it feels like we were getting so psyched for this season and we get the most boring roster possible i'm not entirely sure that we'll be stuck with this roster for that long because i think there will be trades in the future there will be waves of players exiting this um, this franchise i think i think there's a couple of these guys that will not be here that far after christmas I think that Detroit will be open for business to plug holes from injuries on other teams. Teams that are more into a season where they want to win right now. But I don't think, I really don't think this is the team that will will be better. But I still think we might be a lottery team. We might not get our asses handed to us as brutally as last season. We might lose games 
well closer games but i still think that this is a roster that will do plenty of losing but that might just be the pessimist in me and i might just be raining on everybody's parade right now um well i guess that's it then oh that's that rather there was a lot of talk about jeremy biakabutuka as well but um as far as i've heard or read rather is that he has a he has an offer from um, the Chicago AHL team. So I'm guessing he's contemplating a counteroffer from the Griffins or the Red Wings. But he's not a guy that will play NHL minutes. And if he is, I'll be mightily surprised. All in all, I think we'll be a team that's hard to play against, but not hard to beat. That's my prediction for this season. I do think it will be a rough landing for some of us that have been building for a, a huge step forward. But I think it will be a small step forward. But even that is way better than what we've been through these last couple of years with the last couple of iterations of leadership and rosters. So it's not that I'm super angry, but it's like I said earlier, it feels a bit like... I'm a bit deflated because the hype was like, maybe we'll see Elmer. But looking at these demotions, it make me, makes me think that, yeah, we might see Elmer. But I don't think we'll see Elmer for more than, than nine games. And that will be by design. Because I think they're stacking Grand Rapids with the best possible team they can have. The only thing that really worries me, and I, I'm not sure that it worries me that much is Jonathan Berggren because he is a player that's shown in the preseason that he's he's even better than last year he is a player that was a star in the SHL he was playing in the national team he had his season in the AHL where he broke a record for scoring points for the the franchise and still he gets put back in the AHL and I'm worried he might see that as a hell of a snub and thinking that it doesn't matter what he does he's still in the AHL but I do trust this management's man management that he's been talked to and explained why he's being sent down that he will be like a first call-up kind of situation because AHL is like I've said before it's not a league where that most Swedes look upon with like positive warm and fuzzy feelings to many swedes both players and fans it's a league for those who failed but i hope jonathan bergeren toughs it out and shows them even more that he does belong because i think he does but now that preseason is over it's been one of the most elating and fun preseasons i can remember because it's been so it's been broadcasted it's been a lot of talk about it on social media so we've seen a lot of fun stuff we we got a notion of what the future holds and uh, Elmer Söderblom has been a revelation for many but myself and it's been quite a quite a trip really I mean first time I saw Elmer play was with the U17 team in the 17-18 season and I just wrote his name down because I I mean you see a guy that's head and shoulders and then some over the rest of the kids well I, I took him back up in the the following season and started checking up on him in the U18s and that's from there to here a hell of a trip 
and the second he plays his first second in the NHL, it's been five years of me saying he's going to make it to the show, which is kind of awesome. I mean, I've been uh, harping on Max Boltman and Prashant with the uh, Wings for Breakfast and Brad Ryan and Evan on on the uh, Winged Wheel podcast to hear what they had to say about Elmer. And listening back, it's kind of fun because it's a massive I told you so moment, just for shits and giggles, naturally, but still kind of fun. I did get a shout out from Ice Hockey Gifts at Ice Hockey G on Twitter uh, for, uh, well, he, he basically retweeted a, a tweet from me from October 18th, 2019, where I spoke on why I'm so high on Elmer. That that tweet was a part of a con- conversation with Ryan Hanna and uh, Max Boltman, where I said, this is one of the one of the reasons I'm so high on Elmer Söderblom. He's a huge kid, but already has the move skills and vision to set up others. Once, if he puts everything together, he has the potential to be a real force. And looking at him now, I would say he has put it together, and he's earned not to be demoted just yet. And to be honest, I think he should be in the NHL already. Looking at this preseason, I don't think he should be demoted. I think I don't think we should run uh, a season with this uh, sort of boring roster. But I can see why, and I can see the perks of doing it. So it is what it is, and and I think Grand Rapid Griffins are all the better for it. But nine day nine games in the uh, NHL for Elmer at the start of the season is I I think we'll see that. And I think he'll be demoted after nine games, and the first call-up will be Jonathan Bergeren, if there's an injury where you have to call someone up from the, the AHL. I did ask for, for questions for the episode on Twitter, and I got two of them from Z the first on uh, Twitter at, well, it's three Zs underscore one ST, like first. I want to hear your opinion on possible trades if the results are not enough to reach the playoffs and in the best scenario which position do we need to reinforce to push up for a playoff spot i don't think we reach the playoffs i don't think we're going for the playoffs i just think we're going for the going to be harder to play against uh, idea as for trades i don't think any of the young guys are available for trades and i don't think larkin is available for trades Unless he declares that he's not going to sign. Apart from that, I think everybody's available. And depending on what you want to do or what what Iserman wants to do, I think we might see anything from from a a blockbuster involving Bertuzzi to a, a Fabri to a team to fill a spot for a seventh round pick. But which position do we really need to reinforce to push for a playoff spot? As much as I like Cop, I do think that if we are to to improve enough to be a certain a team certain to push for playoff spots, I think Cop has to be the third line uh, center, and we need a really good well second line or first line center. It depends on how you view it. But I think the center position, considering the depth on our prospects on the the defensive side and um, the amount of good wingers we have in our prospect pool i still say center as our main 
cause for concern when it comes where do we need to add like cutting edge talent so that's where where i think that would be who i don't know but i guess either through free agency or a blockbuster trade we could get something but who'll trade a first line center and what do you have to pay that that's going to be insane so i don't know it's it's a difficult one and i'm happy i'm not steve Eisenman right now well i, I would well everybody want to be steve Eisenman, so discard that jimmy hockey at jimmy hockey asks Will Elmer be a colder candidate this year? Looking at how we are forming the roster, I say no, because I don't think he'll play more than nine games, and I think that will be by design. I do think, however, he could be a colder candidate next year, because that's when I think we'll add all these guys that are in the Grand Rapid Griffins for this season. So I guess that's that for this episode. Sorry if I was a bit pessimistic at least i hope we get to see lord elmer for his nine games and um, but if they cut him before he gets any games and put him in grand rapid griffins and uh, play with what we have (laughs) i'll be brutally disappointed if elmer gets zero games in the nhl this season and um, as much as i want zadina to make it to be a good NHLer, there will be a point where either he starts playing a game that doesn't mean he's Timo Pulkinen or Martin Firk or Thomas Jurko and starts becoming the NHLer his draft position warranted to be. Well, at least be a f- an N- NHLer because I want him to succeed so bad that. I think I'm overlooking all his flaws, but at some point he really has to put his shit together because if we're going to watch all these super interesting prospects in the AHL while he is having some kind of, I don't know, free pass in the NHL, I don't think it's a free pass, that's kind of harsh, but he hasn't proven himself to be an NHLer in my eyes at least, but fair I might be a bit hard on him, but I really hope he gets his stuff together and start filling those nets he was talking about before. That's all for me for this episode. I hope to make another one sometime during the week or at least the upcoming uh, weekend. And I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.